0: The communist movement and the Communist Party here in the United States of America are being used as tools of the deep state, just like the communist movement has been used for a century or more by the deep state. Stay tuned and I'll tell you more. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Behind the Deep State. I'm your host, Alex Newman. So glad you could join us today. And uh, we've talked quite a bit about communism and how communism is a tool of the deep state. But I want to really focus in on the communist movement in the United States today because um, it is so critical. It's such an important part of how the deep state is undermining our freedoms in our country and moving us toward a new world order. I think we just need to spend a whole episode on this. Uh, I want to start in in 2018. John Bachtel, the uh, head of the Communist Party USA, who was the chair of the Communist Party USA, CPUSA, uh, which, of course, the Communist Party USA was a tool of the Soviet Union. In fact, it was acknowledged. It it was basically a tentacle of the Soviet Union in the United States of America. Uh, The people running it were basically Soviet agents. And um, and we'll talk more about some of the infiltration that they were able to do. And we've talked in previous episodes. We'll do a little review of that, but of how uh, the Soviet Union was created with help from the deep state with money from the mega bankers on Wall Street. We'll get back to that. But uh, with that as a backdrop, I want to start in 2018. John Bachtel, the chair of the Communist Party USA, went over to Shenzhen in China to celebrate what he described as the emergence of a new world order led by the Communist Party of China. Very weird. Okay, and so he was invited there by the Communist Party. Uh, They had communists from all over the world. And he bragged in his speech that uh, the Communist Party of China was working to, and I'm quoting here, build a more just and reasonable new world order. Oh, that sounds like fun, doesn't it? Oh, goodness, who wouldn't want a more just and reasonable new world order? I know I would like that. Uh, And I want to read you some excerpts of his speech. It was amazing to me because they actually published his speech on people's world which is basically the uh, the mouthpiece for the Communist Party USA and this is what he said in his speech in China After, by the way, talking about Donald Trump as some sort of evil dictator who needed to be stopped, he said the peaceful rise of China and the decline of U.S. imperialism, the emergence of a multipolar, deepening and expanding globalization of production and multilateral trade pacts and the mass communications and technological revolutions are shaping the emergence of a new global dynamic. The world is entering a new era of global relations driven by China's peaceful ascendance and the decline of U.S. and Western imperialism. Okay, so America bad, Trump a dictator, communist China, the most murderous dictatorship to have ever existed in all of human history. That's good. They are peaceful and they are just wonderful. Uh, He went on to say, and uh, again, I'm quoting here, he said uh, China's system of participatory and consultative democracy, there's that word, is unique to summarize. China remains an evolving new democracy, okay? Trump is a fascist. America is an imperialist evil power. But China is an evolving new democracy with um, imperfections is the word he used. Yeah, imperfections. Mm -hmm. It's not perfect yet, but it's getting there, okay? Uh, He said one of the problems was that they still had a few vestiges of patriarchy, uh, in other words, family. Um, And he went on to say that only socialism can ultimately restore a harmonious relationship between society and nature and between humans and their labor. And the remarkable experience in China shows a socialist-oriented system makes the transition to sustainability on a massive scale possible. OK, uh, that is from John Bachtel's speech called Marxism More Relevant Than Ever, as posted on People's World USA, the, their flagship publication. Uh, just a few years before that, Bachtel had been bragging that the Communist Party USA and uh, his term was utilizes the Democratic Party in America as a, again, his term vehicle to pursue its agenda in the United States, folks. So uh, here we have one of the top communists in the world crowing about how great communist China's system is. That's interesting. It actually sounded quite a bit to me like David Rockefeller, who, of course, famously in 1973, put out a piece in the New York Slimes. uh, And I'm I'm quoting here directly from it. This appeared on August 10th, 1973. Uh, This is what he said. He said, The social experiment in China under Chairman Mao's leadership one of the most important and successful in human history okay I want to show you a video real quick of uh, Klaus Schwab introducing Xi Jinping at the World Economic Forum Klaus Schwab is of course uh, Dr. Evil founder and uh, chair of the World Economic Forum and notice how much he sounds like John Bartel check this out
1: at this pivotal moment I see several priorities for the global agenda we must continue to fight against the global pandemic we must revitalize the global economy and accelerate its transition to net zero. We must preserve biodiversity by deploying nature-based solutions and we must narrow the gap between the rich and the poor to achieve more sustainable global development. With these goals in mind It is my distinct honor and great privilege to introduce His Excellency Xi Jinping, President of the People's Republic of China, to open the Davos Agenda.
0: All right, folks. Man, we need a more sustainable world order. And we're going to do that by uh, reducing inequality, right? It sounds just like John Bachtel, just like the mass-murdering communist Chinese dictatorship. Now, listen to how fond Klaus Schwab is of the communist Chinese model. Here he's going to just... just shower Xi Jinping, a.k.a. Winnie the Pooh, with praise for doing such a great job at building a sustainable world order. Check this out.
1: In the last five years, the world has become more interconnected than ever. But in many ways, it's becoming even more fragmented and polarized. China has made significant economic and social achievements under your leadership. In the first three quarters, of 2021, China's economy grew by over 9%. You have achieved a historic goal to become a moderately prosperous society in all respects. Mr. President, I strongly echo your remarks in 2017, that mankind has made progress by surmounting difficulties And when encountering difficulties, we should join hands and rise to the challenge. I believe this is the best time for leaders to come together and work jointly for the world to become more inclusive, more sustainable, and more prosperous. We now welcome His Excellency Xi Jinping President of the People's Republic of China.
2: Professor Klaus Schwab, ladies and gentlemen, friends, greetings to you all.
0: All right, folks, that's the same Klaus Schwab who has a bust of Vladimir Lenin in his office. Yes, Lenin, the mass murdering monster butcher, financed by the deep state, financed by the oligarchs of Wall Street to enslave that great empire. And isn't it amazing how the head of the Communist Party USA, And the head of the World Economic Forum, who's supposed to be the the face of capitalism, they sound exactly the same. China is going to bring us into a sustainable development. What? Really? All right, folks. Uh, And of course, the same thing is happening in America, right? Uh, We've got uh, the global super capitalists like David Rockefeller saying that uh, Communist China the social experiment there is the most successful in all of human history. Then we've got the ragamuffins on the streets also promoting this new world order agenda, the communist ragamuffins, right? Uh, you know that Black Lives Matter is communist. Uh, just in case you don't remember, I'm going to show you a quick clip of one of the three co-founders, uh, Patrice Kellers, admitting that she and her friend Alicia Garza are trained Marxists. Watch this.
2: I also think that it might um I think of a lot of things. The first thing I think is that we actually do have an ideological frame. Um, Myself and Alicia in particular are trained organizers. Um, We uh, are trained Marxists.
0: Um, All right, folks. So uh, Alicia and Patrice are trained Marxists. You just heard her say it. Well, now let's take a look at Alicia. Here she is talking about what was at stake in the 2020 election. Listen up.
1: Alicia. What do you think's at stake in November
3: election?
2: Everything. (laughs) Like everything is at stake. And I'm really not being um, facetious about that. To be real, what's at stake is whether or not a new world order is able to take root and grow.
0: All right, folks, isn't that interesting that uh, the Black Lives Matter movement, funded by the biggest corporations on Wall Street, the Fortune 500 companies, is talking about they are trained Marxists and they want a new world order, just like John Moctel. That new world order they want is going to be a communist style totalitarian new world order. Now, we've talked about some of this on the program before, folks. Um, uh, Anthony Sutton did some of the most important work exposing this uh, in a series of books he did. He did, of course, Wall Street and the Bolshevik Revolution, where he exposed the fact that the deep state oligarchs on Wall Street were giving millions of dollars to Lenin and Trotsky to enslave China. Or, excuse me, enslave Russia. Then he did another book, um, Western Technology and Soviet Economic Development, a three-part series showing that the US, the subversive elements within the government, and the deep state megacorporations built up the economy of the Soviet Union on purpose, folks. Okay, that was deliberate. Uh, and of course, this this uh, connection between communists and the deep state goes back a long way. Uh, Adam Weiss, we've done a whole episode on the Illuminati 1776, laid out these crazy principles, get rid of the family, get rid of the nation, get rid of private property, and have a global system of tyranny. Well, uh, those are the same ideas that uh, Marx, backed by the League of the Just, a secretive society. By the way, Marx's name wasn't even on the book for a long time, the, the communist drivel. Um, but the League of the Just uh, financed Marx and Engels and were responsible for that. Um, and and this set into motion, folks, I think uh, one of the most critical uh, tools of the deep state, that was the communist movement. Uh, we've talked on this program before about how uh, they enslaved Cuba, how they enslaved China. Uh, well, again, deep state in the United States working to enslave those places. Uh, here's a picture of David Rockefeller uh, just gushing with praise for Fidel Castro, the mass-murdering butcher. Um, And our big foundations funded by the mega-capitalists have been pushing this idea as well, folks. Uh, You guys remember Alger Hiss. Uh, We've talked about him many times on the show before. He was a uh, leading State Department bureaucrat. In fact, he was involved in the uh, agreement at Yalta that helped the communists enslave uh, huge parts of the world, China, Eastern Europe, etc., um, and then Alger Hiss, of course, was also the head of the Carnegie Foundation, funded by the Carnegie Foundation. And later, he served as the uh, head of the com- of the conference that wrote the UN Charter, and then later the first Secretary General of the UN. And then, of course, we threw him in federal prison because he was an agent of Joseph Stalin and he was convicted in court. Uh, but now I, I want to focus in real quick on the foundations, because these foundations have been funded by the mega capitalists, by the, the mega corporations, by the Rockefellers, by the Carnegie's. And uh, in the 1950s, Congress got really concerned about this. They they worried that these foundations were subverting the United States, that they were funding moral relativism, internationalism, communism, socialism, and undermining our country. Well, um, they hired a chief investigator. His name was Norman Dodd. And I want to show you a little clip where he talks about a meeting he had with the head of the Ford Foundation. Again, another one of the foundations set up with great capitalist money. Listen to what the head of the Ford Foundation told Norman Dodd, as Norman Dodd recounts. Watch this.
1: <clears throat> Whereupon he made this statement to me, namely, Mr. Dodd, we are here to operate on si- similar, in response to similar directives, the substance of which is that we shall use our grant making power so to alter life in the United States that it can be comfortably merged with the Soviet Union.
0: All right, folks, I want to go now to. Um... Carol Quigley, Okay, Carol Quigley. Uh, we did a whole episode on his revelations, but they're, they're just so important to understanding why the communist movement in the United States is working toward these objectives. Now, uh, before we get into his book, Tragedy and Hope, uh, I want to show you a clip of Bill Clinton uh, talking about how uh, Carol Quigley was his mentor at Georgetown University. Listen.
3: And then as a student at Georgetown, I heard that call clarified by a professor named Carol Quigley.
0: Uh, Carol Quigley was a history professor at Georgetown University. Uh, He saw himself as being part of the deep state. He said he agreed with their objectives. Uh, His chief difference of opinion, he said, was that they wanted to be secret. He thought they should be known. This is what he said in his book. He says there does exist and has existed for a generation an international Anglophile network which operates to some extent in the way the radical right believes the communists act. In fact, this network, which we may identify as the roundtable groups, has no aversion to cooperating with communists and frequently does so hmm, that's interesting so the roundtable groups funded by cecil rhodes money cecil rhodes fortune of course was uh, originally created with backing from the Rothschilds. just like george soros by the way who says common china is going to own the new world order um isn't that interesting that according to the guy who did uh, uh, the biggest expose about them uh from, from the insider perspective of maybe anyone in history, uh, he says they were they have no aversion to working with communists, and they frequently do so. Uh, then end he ended up going to say that uh, the powers of financial capitalism, as others aim, uh, world system of financial control in private hands, able to dominate the political system of each country and the economy of the world as a whole. Okay, folks, uh, that is what they're doing. And the communists in the United States are helping them to bring that about. Of course, we all know that Bill Clinton in the China Gate scandal gave all of our uh, critical technology, to the uh, military technology, to the CHICOMs, but uh, it really, really came to the fore during the Obama administration. Um, Barack Hussein Obama famously started his political career in the home of Bill Ayers, a mass-murdering communist terrorist who, with help from his communist terrorist wife and with help from communist Cuba, which was a satellite of the Soviet Union, which again was uh, enslaved with the help of the deep state in the United States. Uh, with the help of communism Cuba, they were uh, creating this terror group in the United States. They murdered police, they robbed banks, they, uh, and they they had really big plans. Actually, we know about some of those plans because Larry Grathwall infiltrated the leadership of this terrorist movement called the Weather Underground. Again. Obama started his political career in the home of Weather Underground founder Bill Ayers. And I want to show you what Larry Grathwall, the FBI infiltrator, found when he infiltrated the highest echelons of this terrorist movement, again, working with international communist regimes. Check this out.
3: I brought up the subject of what's going to happen after we take over the government. Uh, you know we we become responsible then, for administrating, you know two hundred and fifty million people. And there was no answers no one had given any thought to economics how are you going to clothe and feed these people the only thing that i could get was that they expected that the cubans and the north vietnamese and the chinese and the russians would all want to occupy different portions of the united states they also believed that their immediate responsibility would be to protect against what they called the counter-revolution and uh, they felt that this counter-revolution could best be guarded against by creating and establishing re-education centers in the southwest uh, where we would take all the people who needed to be re-educated into the new way of thinking and teach them how things were going to be i ask well what is going to happen to those people that we can't re-educate that are die-hard cap- capitalists and the reply was that they'd have to be eliminated and when I pursued this further they estimated that they would have to eliminate 25 million people in these re-education centers and when I say eliminate I mean kill 25 million people I want you to imagine sitting in a room with 25 people most of which have graduate degrees from Columbia and other well-known educational centers and hear them Figuring out the logistics for the elimination of 25 million people. And they were dead serious.
0: All right, folks. Exterminating 25 million American counter-revolutionaries by inviting in uh, the Soviets and the Chinese and the Vietnamese and the Koreans and the Cubans. Okay, Again, let me just emphasize. Barack Hussein Obama started his political career in the home of the founder of this communist terrorist group. Folks, uh, I want to mention some of the other communists in the United States. We had, of course, uh, John Brennan. Uh, Back when he thought Hillary Clinton was going to win the presidential election, he told the Congressional Black Caucus, uh, and I'm quoting here, I voted for the Communist Party candidate that was Gus Hall in 1978. Well, he said he admitted that in an interview with the CIA, got clearance anyway, got a security clearance. And then he rose through the ranks so quickly that he became the head of the CIA by the time Barack Hussein Obama took over the U.S. government. Okay, um, James Comey fraud who was running the FBI. Uh, he admitted in an interview with New York Magazine, and I'm quoting here, in college, I was left of center. By the mid-1980s, he said, I'd moved from communist to whatever I am now, which he doesn't specify what he is now. Maybe totalitarian freak would uh, would explain it. But again, he ended up running the FBI. Then we had Leon Panetta ran the CIA and the Department of Defense under Barack Hussein Obama. This is a guy who, when he was serving in Congress, voted for aid to the mass-murdering Sandinistas. This is a guy who voted to give most favored nation status to the Soviet Union. This is a guy who voted to surrender the Panama Canal to a pro-Soviet dictatorship. This is a guy who had known and documented ties to the Institute for Policy Studies, a Soviet front in the United States. Folks, uh, this Soviet and communist movement in our country has been alive and well for almost 100 years. Uh, of course, uh, we've uh, we've had communists in the intelligence agencies for a very long time. Uh, Dick Novak wrote a piece in the Washington Compost where he uh, accused the OSS, the precursor of the CIA, the Office of Strategic Services, of being infiltrated by communists. And uh, the head of the OSS Society, Charles Pink, wrote in a letter to the editor and said the OSS was not infiltrated by communists during the war. It hired them. In other words, they didn't infiltrate us. We deliberately brought them in, folks. Do you think this is just a coincidence? I'm telling you, folks. And now we've got, of course, uh, Hunter Biden, who uh, we have a recorded conversation. This came off of his laptop where he admits he's in business with the, uh, I won't repeat all the language because it's pretty nasty, but the head of the communist Chinese spying apparatus. Listen to this. I am receiving calls from the Southern District of New York, from the U.S. attorney himself, my best friend in business, Devin
3: has named me as a witness without telling me. I have another New York Times reporter calling about my representation of the, literally, Dr. Patrico, the (laughs) spy chief of China. I get calls from my father. I get calls from Natalie, who wants me to buy her mother a $7,500 Mother's Day gift.
0: Uh, We've got the fake media in the United States, totally compromised by the communists. In fact, uh, under the Foreign Agent Registration Act, we found out that millions of dollars were going directly from the Communist Party of China and China Daily into some of the biggest propaganda mills in the United States. Washington Compost, Wall Street Journal, New York Slimes, and on and on. Right, They're flying American journalists to China. And folks, uh, this is what they are doing. Um, Now, uh, we know that uh, they the globalists, and even at the highest levels, they love the communist Chinese model. And, and you're thinking, why would these super capitalists like communism? Well, I, w- I wanna show you a little clip of uh, Rothschild, Evelyn Du Rothschild, one of the patriarchs of the Rothschild dynasty, the most powerful banking dynasty in the world. Uh, he's in an interview on TV, and he talks about this communist Chinese proposal for a one world currency. Listen to this.
1: Sir Evelyn, what about the RMB situation, you mentioned a so-called currency problem. I mean, do you see the day in the next five years where it's fully convertible and flexible? Well, you're talking to a person who's quite old. Uh, If I'm around in five years, I'd like to think that that is the case. Uh, I think we've all got to move towards that opportunity. And I think the challenge also is whether we should move towards an international currency.
0: Okay, so that proposal, by the way, folks, uh, this came out in a report by the Communist Chinese Central Bank. uh, They call it the People's Bank of China, uh, authored by the chief of that central bank. Uh, His name is Su Xiaochuan. And uh, he says, and I'm quoting here in this public paper calling for an IMF global currency, a super sovereign reserve currency not only eliminates the inherent risks of credit-based sovereign currency, but also makes it possible to manage global liquidity. And you think, oh, that's cute, a, a crazy proposal by communists. What relevance does that have to the United States? Well, Treasury Secretary at that time, uh, I, I call him a TurboTax Timothy Geithner because he didn't pay his taxes and he blamed TurboTax. But I want you to listen to what he says at the Council on Foreign Relations when he's asked about this proposal in public. Listen to this, folks. Uh,
1: Chinese government.
0: question. I haven't read the governor's proposal. Uh, he's a uh, a um, remarkably a, a uh, very thoughtful, very careful, uh, distinguished central banker. Generally, find him sensible on every issue. But as I understand his proposal, it's a proposal designed to increase the use of the IMF's special drawing rights, uh, and uh, we're actually. So the head of the U.S. Treasury under Barack Hussein Obama is uh, quite open to the idea of uh, implementing a global currency as proposed by the communist Chinese central bank. He's starting to get the picture here, folks. He's starting to see what's happening. Communist China is the model for the New World Order. It's a major driver of the New World Order. And we see now this infiltration is in all of our institutions. It's in all of the international organizations, the UN, et cetera. And the communist movement in America is the tip of the spear. The Black Lives Matter, the Antifa, the the Communist Party USA, which utilizes, according to them, the Democratic Party as a vehicle, folks, that is what's happening now. And if we want to resist, we have got to understand that. Um, and folks, uh, the Communist Party of China is just relentlessly brutal. Um, their, their so-called education system is now being imported into the United States. I want to show you this ad for Common Core. Uh, Common Core, of course, was adopted by Bill Gates, who's very, very friendly to Communist China. Let me show you these two uh, propaganda clips of Bill Gates uh, cozying up to the Communist Chinese. These come from China, incidentally. Watch this.
1: Once... The government was fully engaged uh, in the second half of January uh, the idea of reducing that contact the quarantine idea that goes back for a long time you know that was done in a in a very serious way and so that I'm very glad that that worked because that creates at least for countries that are as rich as China or richer it creates a model They'll all do it in their own way. They won't do it exactly uh, the same. That depends on the society. You know, China was the first to have to deal with this. It's always hardest to be the country where something emerges first because so little is known about it. But now uh, what China did uh, is helping the rest of the world.
0: All right. So Communist China is the model. They're helping humanity on COVID. Watch this. Chinese President Xi Jinping met with U.S. billionaire and philanthropist Bill Gates in the southern Chinese island of Henan today. At the end of the 2015 Boao Forum for Asia, President Xi and Gates exchanged views on public health and poverty reduction. Xi Jinping underlined the importance of international cooperation to prevent and control epidemics. He also said that China wants to continue to cooperate with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation to improve public health. Xi Jinping added that much effort is needed to reduce Chinese poverty and build a prosperous society by 2020. Gates spoke highly of China's efforts with the international community to tackle the Ebola crisis in Africa. He added that China has done a remarkable job of controlling HIV and AIDS and has established a worldwide model for poverty reduction. All right, isn't that great? Bill Gates cooperating with the mass-murdering communist Chinese regime. And here one more. Watch how close Bill Gates cooperated with communist China on COVID and health issues.
1: Chinese President Xi Jinping has thanked Bill Gates for his foundation's contribution in the fight against the coronavirus. In a letter to Mr. Gates, President Xi Jinping's Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation acted quickly and has played an active role in the global response to the virus. Xi Jinping also said he supports the foundation's cooperation with relevant Chinese institutions. Bill Gates wrote to President Xi Jinping on February 6th saying his foundation has committed up to 100 million US dollars in emergency funding to stop the spread of the virus. Much of it will be used to help China.
0: All right, folks, now back back to education. Right, I told you guys Bill Gates signed a deal with UNESCO, the U.N. education agency, which, by the way, is filled with communists, including Chinese communists, um, signed a deal with UNESCO in 2004 to come up with global standards, global syllabus, global curriculum, etc. Uh, and then he came back to America and started plowing billions of dollars into Common Core. Here's a commercial they put out to tell you how awesome Common Core was. And note the reference to Shanghai twice. Watch this.
2: Up until now, it's been pretty hard to tell how well kids are competing in school and how well they're going to do when they get out of school. Is a girl in your neighborhood being taught as much as her friend over in the next one? Is a graduating senior in, say, St. Louis as prepared to get a job as the graduate in Shanghai? Well, it turns out the answer to both of these questions is no. Because for years, states have been setting different standards for what students should know and be able to do at each grade level. What we really need are clear goals. That's where the Common Core state standards come in. The standards are consistent from school to school, and they match up against international standards, too. Now we know how we're doing compared to just about everyone. So even though local communities will still design their own curriculum, with the same rules, everybody can compete on the same kind of staircase.
0: All right, folks, the same rules, right? The kids in Shanghai will learn the same garbage as kids in the United States of America. Folks, that's where they're going and we have got to understand this, okay? Communist movement in America is not fighting against the man the communist movement in America is a tentacle of the deep state. Now, that's not to say that your, you know, dummy communist party operatives in your community understand all this. A lot of them truly believe that they're fighting the man. They think they're going you know, to bring down capitalism, and uh, you know, these are typically the first people who end up being shot once the revolution succeeds because they get disillusioned, they get demoralized. They say, "Hey, this isn't what we signed up for." They say, "Oh, you to the wall, comrade!" Right? Uh, so, you know, you got to feel some pity for these people. Of Stalin's uh, top 34 deputies, just a tiny handful died natural deaths. The vast majority were purged and executed. Uh, Leon Trotsky, right, one of the original communist conspirators who helped enslave Russia, he ended up with an ice pick in the side of his head. So all these communist goons and, and goobers who think that they're going to be part of the, the, you know, the vanguard and they're going to get to rule over and lord it over the rest of us, um, bad news for them. A lot of them are going to end up dead um, at the hands of their fellow communists, by the way. Uh, and ultimately, folks, uh, the communists are a tool. They are dupes. They are useful idiots of the much more dangerous, much more evil if that could be imagined conspirators at the very top of the pyramid and ultimately folks this is diabolical it's evil so we got to understand the deep state folks sun tzu the great chinese military strategist who's still read today by the way by uh, military officers around the world said you got to understand yourself and you got to understand your enemy then you can win every battle folks the enemy is not just communism it's not just communist dupes and the communist party USA communist movement is a tool of very very wicked very evil individuals who don't believe in communist ideology for a millisecond. Remember that. That's all we have for today, folks. I want to thank you for tuning in to Behind the Deep State. I'm your host, Alex Newman. Please go to thenewamerican.com, subscribe to our print magazine. Make sure you share this content out with others, folks. Friends, don't let friends be ignorant, as the old cliche goes with my modification. So uh, share this out there, folks. You know the fascist social media companies are not going to help, so we depend on you. Thanks so much. Till next time, God bless you all if you enjoyed this video please make sure to subscribe hit like hit that little bell so that you'll be notified whenever we post new videos and also please make sure to share this video with your friends email is a great way to do it remember there are powerful forces working to steal our freedom and destroy our country we need to work together expose those behind the deep state otherwise you can kiss your liberties goodbye